The following podcast is a Dear Media production. You've probably gone to the market and seen Forger Project, and maybe you've wanted to try some of their products. It's a beautiful family-owned and operated brand. It crafts 100% organic, dairy-free yogurts. They've got kefirs, milks, which, you know, not milk, and sour cream using their hero ingredient, cashews. I personally love to use cashews when I don't want to use dairy because... Like the Forager Project products, it makes the creamiest, most delicious base for all of their products. And you can even go to their website. They're offering you a free cup of yogurt. So if you've really been curious and you want to try it, now's your chance. Go to www.foragerproject, that's F-O-R-A-G-E-R-P-R-O-J-E-C-T.com slash Cultivate Health. And while you're there, they're offering hundreds of delicious and really easy to make dairy-free recipes. Cultivate Health with Forager Project. It's always organic, always plant-based. Let good food be. Welcome to the Gabby Reese Show. It's all an experiment. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the show. My guest today is Dr. Josh Axe. Dr. Josh has been a doctor of functional medicine, chiropractic, and even nutrition. Um, He has an incredibly interesting story because he started out by sharing, he comes from a close-knit family and, and his mom, who was a very strong and healthy woman, started having a lot of health challenges, including cancer, when he was in junior high. And those challenges really inspired a young Josh to wanna go to school and help people and what you see is someone who is doing just that. He has so many incredible books. He has a new book out called Ancient Remedies. And for me, this is like my sweet spot. I love when someone is informed and scientific, but yet, you know, not throwing out old remedies that have been proven for so long. He has a company where they create high quality products called Ancient Nutrition. He has his own podcast, The Dr. Josh Axe Show. And you can go to his website where they have a ton of free information if you're interested in sort of going and doing a deeper dive um, on the Dr. Josh Axe, website. We got into so many different things. We talk about hormones and collagen, immunity boosters, and things that you can do easily right now. Uh, I love his thoroughness and simplicity. You will see a highly spiritual man. This is a God-fearing person who has decided that he will try to help his fellow brothers and sisters with the gifts he's been given. And um, he's a wonderful example of it. I learned a lot and I hope you enjoy the conversation. So Dr. Josh Axe, thank you for joining me. I wish you were here or I was there in person, but you are in Nashville and I am in California. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. It's great to, uh, great to be here. Actually, you know, we I have a lot of people from California that are moving to Nashville. Everybody, you know, Nashville is uh, kind of where it's at right now. It's yeah, spot. what's going on between you guys and Austin? There's some like weird <laughs> migration. <laughs> That's really where everybody's moving. It's Nashville or it's Austin. You're right. 
But my husband would say, but they forget there's no ocean. You, you know what for us? So everybody in Nashville, there's a place about six hours south. It's about a 50 minute plane flight. It's called Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. And so everybody just, you know, jumps on a flight down there. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard, hard to beat being right, right there in the ocean. He, he, he wants to jump in his car or, you know, walk to it. Totally. You know, it's like a fish that lives on land. But, oh, yeah. you know, I, I went in setting up on your story. I, I would love to go back to, you know, when you were a lot younger and we can talk about that. I don't know how you've had time to become a chiropractor. Is this right? A nutritionist. And you're a doctor of natural medicine. Am I? Is this about right? Uh, that, that's right. Yeah. So in the past, I had more of a functional medicine practice, and now I don't operate that practice anymore. But I had that mm -hmm. uh, for years, and so we did all kinds of things. We did a lot of nutrition, uh, blood work. We also did chiropractic. We did physical therapy. So, anyways, we did. It was more of a holistic, uh, metal, you know, clinic. Yeah, and so I, I mean, that's a that's a lot of accomplishments already. So I, I'd like to actually backtrack how a gentleman yeah. from Dayton, Ohio. Because I don't think it's, you know, I always sort of say a lot of like progressive medical, if it's not literally, you know, Chinese medicine, it's like California goes across towards New York, but you're in the middle of the country. You know, you had some stuff with your mom's health that I think it, yeah. it put you in a position to maybe end up where you are. Yeah, absolutely. So I, yeah, I can I quickly share that story. So for, for me growing up, by the way, too, my family was the family that was very into fitness. So like my mom was my gym teacher in elementary uh, school. She was a swim instructor. So she looked really fit, but at 40 years old, she was diagnosed with breast cancer. And I remember being so shocked at the time thinking like, okay, I thought she was healthy because look at her, how healthy she looked. And so in my family growing up, we lived in what I'll just call the conventional medical model. Anytime we were sick, we just took, but got prescribed a medication and we knew nothing about nutrition. In fact, the, you know, we thought that drinking fruit juice was healthy, but the fruit juice actually was like 90% sugar. So, so that's all we knew. So we went through the conventional medical treatments and my mom went and she had a mastectomy. She went through rounds and rounds and rounds of chemotherapy. And I was in seventh grade at the time. And I remember looking at her and thinking she'd aged 20 years in two weeks. I remember seeing her and just seeing clumps of hair come out of her, you know, when she was combing her hair and her losing all her hair. And I remember thinking two things at that time. One was, I never want to see anyone have to go through that again. I kind of, I just felt that pain that she was going through. And the other thing was, I, I kept saying this in my head as a kid, there has to be a better way. Like, is this the best way to get healthy? All the suffering she's going through, all the bad things. And so my mom continued to go undergo those treatments, conventional medical treatments. Eventually afterwards, she went into her doctor and she came home and she said, hey, I've got good news. They said, I'm cancer-free now. I'm healthy now. Here was the crazy thing, though. For the next 10 years after my mom was diagnosed as being cancer-free, it really seemed like she was sicker than ever. My mom got put on multiple medications. She got put on antidepressant medications, anti-anxiety medications. She had hypothyroidism, chronic digestive issues. Her hormones were just all out of whack. And the biggest thing she had, too, was just fatigue. She was just overwhelmed and tired all the time. And this went on for, for over 10 years. And so, and that really started my health journey. Like I, I at 14 years old was like, I don't know anything about health, but I saw a commercial that said sugar and soda is bad. So literally at 14, like I stopped drinking soda, you know? So do you, you know how, when you're in a house, like you grew up in a house where like you have the patient. So in this case, it was your mom yeah. and there's the other patients in the house. So your dad and yeah. how many siblings? A brother have? and a sister. Right. So I think it's an interesting thing too, where 
you know, when your mom is tired, that impacts your dad and their relationship and it impacts the young people. How do you think that your family was able to navigate around some of that? Well, so I'll, I'll share this and listen, I know everybody has different spiritual beliefs. I'm just, I'm just going to share mine because yeah. I couldn't answer Sorry. it without doing this. For us is we just, we, we had a family, I, I just say we were a family of faith. Like we believe in God and we believe that he works out things for good. God doesn't cause any bad things to happen. God gives us freedom and choice. But for us, we just believe that we have a God that is for us, not against us. And we believe that he was a healer. So for us, like we spent daily time, like we prayed together. And we went to things like church services together and we just, you know, worship God. And then we just, you know, we, we just, we spent time together as a family, you know, supporting each other. So I really think that's our relationship with God and our relationship with really supporting and loving each other and, and having each other's back. I'll just say that's, I think that's the biggest thing that really got us through, through that. And then I'll, I'll share kind of what happened after that. So I went and because of this, I said, hey, I want to be a doctor. I want to help people get well. And I was a year away from graduating and I got a call from my mom. This is probably about you know, 12, 13 years after that, her first diagnosis. And I got a call from her saying, I've got bad news. I've just been diagnosed with cancer again. This time it's on my lungs, she said. And they want to go in immediately or they want to go in three days and do surgery and then start radiation treatments. And I said, mom, I'll be home. I was studying in Florida. I flew back to Ohio. We sat down, we prayed together and we just felt really led to take care of her all naturally. I've been really blessed at the time to have some amazing mentors and people that were teaching me all these things about you know, ancient medicine and how to heal using natural means. And so with my mom, we did an all natural treatment program. My mom, we, she started juicing vegetables, drinking bone broth. I started doing online research on natural cancer remedies. And it sent me down this whole rabbit hole of reading about traditional Chinese medicine. And I started reading about turmeric. I started reading about reishi mushroom. I started reading about all these amazing superfoods. And so we took these and we incorporated these in my mom's diet. She started using essential oils. And the other big thing we focused on was stress. I had read a medical study online that said visualization and meditation helped fight cancer. And so we actually had her visualize her uh, T killer cell, her immune cells, you know, gobbling up and, and killing the cancer cells. We had her visualize herself, you know, in her 70s and 80s, running around with her grandkids, bringing them to Disney World. So we had her do all this. And then she uh, had a tape recorder at this while ago. So she had a tape recorder and she recorded herself saying daily affirmations. Most of them were Bible verses. She also would say, hey, I'm completely healed. She would speak out her future. And it was about a 10 minute recording. And she would listen to this every morning when she woke up and every night before bed. So she just did all these things. Four months later, went back to her oncologist in Columbus, Ohio, redid a CT scan and her doctor called the next day, uh, actually a PET scan to be specific. And so her, her doctor called and said, this is highly unusual. We don't typically see this, but your tumors have shrunk by more than half. She said, your largest tumor was 2.5 centimeters. It's down to 1.2. She said, I don't know exactly what you're doing. And then she told her and she just goes, hmm, okay. And she goes, I want to see you again in nine months. My mom went back nine months later and almost in complete remission. Now it's been almost 15 years since then. And my mom is in the best shape of her life. She's in her late 60s and she, she water skis. She runs 5Ks. She actually says she feels better now in her late 60s than she did in her 30s. 
And so, and that's, you know, learning all of those things at the time, like that's what caused me to open my functional medicine clinic and then start DrAx.com and then start my nutrition company because, you know, I really, like I learned a lot from that process. One big thing I learned is when you are sick with something like cancer or most conditions, mm -hmm. there's a lot of fear involved and people want their hand to be held and to be told exactly what to do because there is so much conflicting information out there. They want it to be easy. And so with my mom, like I made her a cookbook, like for her, I said, this is exactly what you eat. I wrote up a meal plan for her. I went through her pantry and I threw out all the stuff she couldn't eat, told her exactly what she could. I told her exactly when to take the supplements. Like I told her, you know, exactly what to do. And I think that's a big reason why. But I think when I had my patients in the past, or even when I write books today or an article, like I really try and make it, I take complex topics. I try and make them really simple. And I think about people like, my mom, and I used to tell my patients this, I tell them, I'm, I said, I'm going to take care of you like I would my own family, like my mom or my wife or my sister or my dad. Like, And again, it just write out specifically what you should do and make it part of their lifestyle. So anyways, I could talk more, but that's, that's yeah. sort of how that happened. So how do you, when you said you had great mentors, I find this fascinating because you're in medical school, correct? Uh, yeah, I'm training. So, so I went and I studied to become again a chiropractor and then a doctor of natural medicine. So, study, but yes. And so, what? Who are you in classes? And they're talking about this because this is no, what I no. wish it was just outside pursuit. Because I feel like I hear I've heard stories like this where you there's no denying some of the incredible benefits of modern medicine. I'm not knocking on that, but I'm always so fascinated why we haven't melded more and why, for example, if you go into the hospital for cancer, why would, when you see the food that they put down on the tray for the person to eat, you go, wow. And I understand there's only so much bandwidth. So I'm not knocking it. That's not the point. I'm just saying I can't, I, after all this time where there is probably some real science behind like, yep you know, food being medicine and things like that, why we haven't done a better job. Is it just too hard to kind of meld this idea of melding? You know, well, I think, I think there's two things. One is money. Another is philosophical points of view. So I think, you know, when you look at, so let's use cancer, for instance, there are hundreds of studies on turmeric fighting cancer, hundreds. Well, I mean, there are so many. Yeah, oncologists are not recommending it or giving it to patients. Instead, they're giving them ice cream and pizza in the hospital. And so, again, and that's a money that that's a money thing. Is that doing a recipe with turmeric? Maybe it's more expensive than the cheapest thing on the planet, which is you know just milk and sugar. You know, so I think there's a money issue, and I also think there's a philosophical issue. I'll give you an example. My dad. So my dad's in his seventies. And my dad has been so, so similar to like you and Lars, like Lars loves, loves uh, his, uh, you know, loves surfing. Yeah. My dad was a semi-professional water skier and my dad has water skied, you know, almost in the summers every day since he was in his twenties. And so, so he still water skis and my dad last uh, December, now he's in Florida, but it still gets cold. So he went water skiing when it was like, you know, 40 degrees out. And um, at 70, 70 years old, and then he got pneumonia. And then he gets put in the hospital. And then the doctors, I go in there, I flew from Tennessee down to Florida. And, and you know, he's eating the worst things possible. They have him on antibiotics, all this stuff. And I, and I go and I'm like, so anyways, I'm like, dad, here's what you need to do. We, we took him, he, we eventually pulled, we took him out of the hospital after a few days. I had him do chicken vegetable soup. 
I had him do ginger herbal tea. I had him do the three primary herbs used in ancient medicine for immune health, which is astragalus, echinacea, elderberry. I then gave him zinc, vitamin D, vitamin C. And then, and then he finally started getting better after doing all these things. But my whole point was like, like today, like I don't, I don't trust the hospital system. Like if you have a family member in there, it's scary because they're not following the latest research. Like they, they are doing things to cut costs. Anyways, I could go on a whole no, rant about guess, that, but my thing is also just to remind people, um, you know, and I've said this a lot, is like we ultimately still have to be our best advocate, you know, for yes. our health. And it isn't about and and the thing is you go into a doctor, doctors are busy. They are. And I give them a lot of yep. credit. I have an uncle who's a who's a doctor and has a beautiful bedside manner and that he pays a price for that because it takes time and it's stressful and whatever. But it's about still reminding people, maybe take someone like you, maybe it's one of your children, maybe it's a pushy friend, to kind of go in and also be able to ask questions. And also, that's the beautiful thing about technology. There's a lot of stuff. So I, I would never, you know, poo-poo medical systems, but I would just remind people that um, I think sometimes we really, you know, we don't give ourselves enough power or, or permission to say, well, no, I'm actually going to ask questions or be an advocate for myself. So I think that yeah. your story is, is so important and you've written a lot of books. I love your eat dirt book for people who want to see that. And so you've, you've really discussed a lot about immune boosters, which I think is important right now. And we talk about gut health. You talk about the importance of gut health. You've broken down a lot of things about collagen, which I think I want to get into each of these buckets because it's like, you know, let's start with collagen, for example. Sometimes when you see collagen, people think, oh, collagen makes collagen. You're, and you're like, yeah, no, collagen helps your body do the building blocks to make yeah. collagen. But there's, I believe, five. Right, right. So, so within our own bodies, we actually have many different types of collagen. I believe there's like maybe 20 types. Okay. So, so there are quite a few. And there's this ancient Chinese principle, and it is, it's called like supports like. Okay. So for instance, everybody knows this, but if you want to build muscle, you've got to eat protein. Okay. And the type of protein is comes from muscle meat mostly. Okay. It's the best for building it. So it's a steak, it's a chicken breast, it's an egg white, it's, it's a filet of fish. Like that's actually the muscle of the animal. So you eat a muscle of an animal that supports your muscle more than any other food. Not to say plant proteins can't, they can. They're just even medically speaking, they're not as good at it. They're sufficient, but they're not as strong as eating just muscle meat. So right. if you want to support all the areas of your body made up of collagen, you need to eat collagen. And actually one third of all of the protein in your body is collagen. And all of our ancient ancestors, if they were consuming animal products, didn't just consume the muscle meat. They also consumed some of the organ meats like liver, and they would consume broth which comes from the ligaments, it just comes from making bone broth. And so all of these areas I'm about to mention are made up of collagen, your skin, hair, nails, bones, discs, ligaments, tendons, connective tissue, fascia, gut lining. You know, my wife, we have a seven, seven month old, like the placenta is made up of a lot of collagen. And so if somebody is missing collagen, it'd be the same thing as, hey, I'm trying to get fit, but I'm not getting any protein in my diet. A lot of people get, you, you wouldn't put on, you wouldn't, you wouldn't burn much fat. You wouldn't build much muscle. You wouldn't be fit, lean, and healthy looking if you got zero protein in your diet. Well, a lot of people get zero collagen. And because of it, 
They start to get premature wrinkles. They start to notice their skin gets very unhealthy. Their hair is thinner than it should be. The other big thing is joint health. Joint health really suffers because your joints are like 99% collagen. And then your gut lining is about 70% collagen. So if somebody's struggling with skin health or beauty health, joint health, then inflammation conditions, and then gut health, there's almost always a collagen deficiency associated with those, those issues. So, you know, maybe you could give us the, the beginners because I also, yep. I respect if people say, Hey, I, I plant-based, you know, we have a plant-based business because, yep. you know, frankly, it's, it's, it, it was a, just an organic fit. But um, for people who, maybe we could just talk about how people could support those I can. systems easier because it is confusing because you know you think oh well I do bone broth that should take care of it right um and and also there are sometimes you know if you really dig down certain supplements or what have you the way that they're getting the collagen is on some of these companies it's it's sketchy yeah yeah so so I yeah I'm, I'm happy to address that so I, so so what I would say is this is the collagen supplement throughout history was bone broth. Just drinking bone broth. So listen, if you're drinking a cup or two of bone broth every single day, you're good. Like you, you don't need to take a supplement. But for myself, like I, Chelsea and I used to drive down to the, a farmer's market about 40 minutes south of where we're at now. And we would buy our organic chicken bones, typically the, the, the backs, neck and feet are where all the collagen is. We'd, we'd make bone broth. Then we were out two or three days later. It just was a lot of work. And so I launched and helped create with Jordan Rubin, my business partner, like a, a product that is made of, it's just bone broth dehydrated. So it's bone broth in powder form. You get servings that way, but then also collagen. So again, bone broth to me, especially chicken broth is the highest quality form of collagen because it not only contains collagen chicken broth, like your grandma made for you, also has glucosamine, chondroitin, and hyaluronic acid. And these are known as collagen boosters. So they support your body and also creating more collagen. And, and so, so that's number one. If you can get that, do that, whether it's in powder form or you make it at home yourself, or you buy it frozen. The next thing I would say is taking a collagen supplement that comes from something like wild-caught fish, eggshell membrane. So when you crack open an egg, there's a little film film inside. That's actually a really high quality source of collagen. Chicken collagen, beef collagen, that typically comes from the skin of animals. That's that's the next best quality. So for the, 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 word, the, the, egg, the eggshell one would be a very good alternative. Very good. Okay. It's probably the most anti-inflammatory of the types of collagen. There's some really good clinical studies on that. The next one I would say and I don't think this is that good, but this is what a lot of people do is they actually take the hooves of animals, like the hooves of a cow, and then they will, that, that's what they'll use is the actual hooves. It, it's just, I believe it's, a, there's going to be bone in there as well. I just don't think it's probably absorbable and is beneficial. Now, there, aren't, there really aren't studies to differentiate, hey, this collagen had this effect versus this type. So I can't say that as a fact. I can tell you based on what I mentioned, traditional Chinese medicine, like supports like if you're eating something to where like you have skin. So when you're eating skin, like it's supporting that area, like we don't have hooves. Like I, I, so my whole point there is, is like, I just doubt doing ground up bone, which is another thing. Now they tend to do that in dog food products. They grind up bone and hooves, but I think there's some collagen companies doing that as well. Unfortunately, that's what they're putting in their product because it's cheaper. And so like when we're sourcing, we're looking for what we, we're, we're only doing wild caught fish you know, free range chickens and then things like, um, 
again, bone broth, actually the greatest source throughout history of, of collagen you could, you could get. Yeah. Thank you for differentiating that. Yeah. Um, okay. So I would like to also um, talk a little bit about, you know, you have a great, uh, and I just think it's timely, even the fact that we're moving into cold and flu season. I mean, I know COVID is going on, but we're also moving into colder weather, shorter days, less exposure to sun, on and on. Um, and it's stressful. So I, you know, cold and flu season, you have a great and very comprehensive list for immune boosters that I think is, is also really important because the first one you talk about is vitamin C, but that also indirectly supports your conversation about collagen. It does. So maybe you could just lead us down um, that path, but also draw that line for me between the importance of vitamin C with the collagen. A hundred percent. So here, so here's how this works. A lot of times there is a direct relationship in order to get healthy. And then sometimes there's an indirect relationship. And so this is how this works. A lot of times when we're talking about joint health or immune health or the health of your thyroid in certain cases and hormones, a lot of it starts in the gut. And so 70% of your gut tissue is collagen. Well, in order for your body to create collagen, because it is a misnomer for somebody to think, I'm eating collagen, it immediately turns into collagen. Now, what happens is you drink bone broth or eat collagen, your body breaks down those amino acids, which are proline and glycine and other things. And then your body takes those and vitamin C and certain other compounds and then uses that to build, rebuild the healthy tissue of your gut. And vitamin C is one of those factors along with collagen, along with the amino acids you get when you consume bone broth that helps you rebuild your gut lining and tissue. And so what happens then, we've heard the quote, 70% of your immune system lives in your gut. Well, vitamin C also helps strengthen your gut in that way to then strengthen your immune system. So it's strengthening your immunity through gut. So one of the things I've always said is immune health starts with gut health is really, is really important thing to consider. And so, um, and usually with, with in ancient Chinese medicine, uh, immune health was really related to your lower digestive system and your lungs. And so it was a combination of health between your lungs and your lower. And so in Chinese medicine, foods that are light yellow are the healthiest for your immune, for your immune system, which is your colon and lungs. And other colors will tell you what foods support different organs. Foods that are green support your detoxification like your liver gallbladder. Foods that are orange support your upper digestive system and your pancreas. Foods that are red or brown support your heart and cardiovascular system. And foods that are dark blue, uh, like the sea and ocean, uh, support those areas of the body in most of the time. There are some, some exceptions there. But so foods that are light yellow, think about this. When I was a kid, my mom always gave me two things when I was sick chicken soup and ginger ale. Now, ginger ale is like soda. It's got like 50 grams of sugar. In it. But, but where did she get that? Ancient Chinese medicine says the remedy for a cold and flu is chicken bone broth and ginger herbal tea. What color are both of those? They're light yellow. Those activate your immune system. What other things are light yellow? Garlic. We know it's great for your immune system. Onions miso soup, another great thing used in ancient Chinese culture to boost immunity. So these foods are all fantastic for the immune system that are that color. So when we're talking about, hey, how do you boost your immune system? Step number one is eat light yellow foods like chicken broth is absolutely fantastic. Ginger herbal tea, getting garlic, like those are the foods, number one, that are really going to help sort of boost you up in terms of that's, that, that's the ideal diet for, for immune health. 
Yeah. And, and, you know, it's funny, like you think ginger, it's, it's, you know, it's some cultures cook with it in every meal and things like that. And it's very easy to use. And even like, if I ever have an upset stomach or anything like that, Laird will just cut up ginger, boil it. And if I'm feeling princessy, you know, maybe puts raw honey in there with it, with it, but that it really settles everything so quickly. Now, forgive me, you like vitamin C though, in a, a specific form more than others, right? Uh, like, yeah. I mean, a liposome or what is it? Yeah, yeah. So I think, so, and here, here's, I'm always a bigger proponent of food as your form of medicine. So even if I'm formulating supplements, they're pretty much, they're just foods. <laughs> they're foods that are sometimes concentrated. They're, they're packaged as powders rather than like, like everything is a food, but the vitamin C I like the best comes from food. This is uh, amla berry is fantastic. Acerola cherry is really strong. Camu camu is another uh, you know super uh, super fruit that's also great. So I try and do those in powder form, or else I do a vitamin C that's liposomal, which is what you were saying. So liposomal means they're they're going to be absorbed easily in the body because they're fat soluble. Um, is, is why they're going to be so so easily absorbed. Okay, so then the other you you talk about zinc. Oh yeah, so, because I think. Let, this is very important right now because this is something people could could incorporate and through time, you know, in that, you know, systemic way, these are really gentle, doable ways to support your immune system in this kind of crazy time, but also having it as a tool, like going, hey, I know how to sort of fortify myself with some really simple things that, by the way, I always say, when something, the worst thing is, is nothing happens. That's the kind of stuff that feels important because you go, people can go, well, what's going to happen? Nothing. Yeah. If you take vitamin C and zinc and elderberry and other things. So I think that that's really, you know, we're, I don't know how we got to a place where we're like, oh, comfortable with like, well, I'll take this pill that maybe has these 19 side effects, but I need to check to see if I can take zinc or elderberry. I don't understand that. It's unbelievable. But, but it's, it goes back to, again, I've been taught a lot by other people where you realize that there's a lot of hardwiring. So it's about, you know, maintaining that compassion. You ha- you've had patients. I-, I know you're doing quite a bit of other things, but it's, it's not going, well, of course. It's just that hardwiring that people were raised to go, okay, this person with the white coat tells me, here's a magic bullet and we're good. And really getting their brain around no, these simple natural things from mother nature can genuinely be in harmony with your biological system and really do something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm hundred percent with you. I think we had a phase and, and, and the baby boomer generation is very high up on this list. And, and, uh, and the generation before that, like my grandmother, if somebody said it in a white coat, she was doing it. I mean, it did not matter. She was doing it because of it. I mean, at one point she was on like 15 different medications at one time, yeah. 15 different ones. I mean, and then she started having interaction. It just, you know, it destroyed her body. And so that happens because people blindly follow it versus thinking for themselves and getting back to saying, what's the common sense approach? Yeah. Do you think with your mom's health period that was so difficult, do you think it was probably the same handful of issues just expressing themselves in all these different ways and that, Maybe if yeah. someone could have kind of peeled back 
okay, her stress, her food, her hormones, her gut, that maybe it would, you know, because people think, oh, I have this, I have that. It's like, well, maybe the root of it's the same thing. It's just showing up in these different ways. So I'm going to say this, and this this might surprise you, might surprise everybody, or it may not at all. Now, some of this I know because you, you and I have talked a little bit. Like you, you're going to be like, this makes total sense. But it's an absolute fact. And medical doctors, unfortunately, in Western society are not trained in this versus all ancient you know, people that uh, ancient physicians trained and understood that your emotions affect your health greater than your genetics do. Okay. So let me give you an example. So the emotion you experience affects a different, each emotion affects a different organ system. I'll give you an example. If somebody has fear, um, we know that it, your adrenals start pumping out hormones. Or imagine if a child, a little kid has a nightmare, they, that's what can cause them to wet the bed. Well, why? Well, the emotion of fear causes dysfunction uh, of your adrenals and your kidneys and your reproductive organs. So I've seen a lot of women who are struggling with infertility, who their root cause of it is they're afraid of disappointing their spouse. They're always trying to please others. They're afraid of other. So we know the emotion of fear causes dysfunction of that organ system. The emotion of worry, we've all heard of somebody worrying. It causes their stomach to get knots or an upset stomach. We know the emotion of worry causes dysfunction of your upper digestive system. We know that, that, that if you have a lot of anger issues, increases your risk of liver. It causes toxicity of the liver. Why do we call someone an angry drunk? Anyways, anger, resentment, unforgiveness, those things are all associated with liver toxicity. Depression or grief or sense of loss. If somebody goes through a divorce or loses a loved one to, to death or those sort of things, that is very hard on the immune system. It affects the lungs and the colon. In fact, I had a patient years ago and her daughter was her best friend, moved away, like all, all the way across the country. And she developed an immune system, a, a autoimmune disease a couple years later, lupus, because we traced it back to because she had this sense of loss, like she lost her daughter. They didn't see each other daily anymore. It was so hard on her. And, and that part of that's unforgiveness too, or if somebody has something like, they, they, like, they wanted to do something with their life and it never panned out, but they haven't let go. It's holding on to the past, mm. wreaks havoc on your immune system. And then, so anyways, what really causes most people to, my mom, for instance, my mom had breast cancer and then had a lung cancer. And so here's, here's why, like we went through and breast cancer on the side she has it on. So actually, if it's on your left or right, it's different things. If it's on your um, left side, it means that you have given too much of yourself. Like it's all about like, you're a mom and it's like, you live for your kids, you live for other people and you give and you give and give until you have nothing left. That actually is the root cause emotionally of breast cancer on the left side. On the right side, it's someone is not in touch with their femininity. It's a whole nother topic. But anyways, that being said, so with my mom, we really dealt with worry and her caring for herself, you know, working on herself. And so that, that was a big part. Somebody gave me a pair of blue blocks about a year ago, and I started wearing them as the sun was going down just to kind of wind down and get ready for sleep. It's something I battle with, and I'm always trying to you know, do anything I can to sleep better. Don't drink caffeine late, and um, if I can minimize the amount of bright light, whatever, take, you know, 
natural ingredients to help me sleep. And so my blue blocks was one of them. And then when COVID hit, I got them for my girls as well. Uh, stare, you know, they're staring at screens all day long. And, and that worked easily because they've got 20 frames of the latest fashions and trends. If you have prescription glasses or non-prescription or even readers, uh, they have that as well. Maybe your face is hard to, to fit and you've got a pair of glasses that you love already. They can turn just about any pair of glasses into blue blocks glasses. And what, what I really appreciate about this brand is the founders were looking for blue light blocking glasses and they weren't impressed with what was out there. So they, lo and behold, they created their own company and you know, they wanted things that had the latest science and they were, they're made under optics laboratory conditions. These guys are located in Australia. So the offer that they have for you today is significant because if you've been looking for glasses that do have the latest science, great styles, and in any way that you actually need it, Blue Blocks has an offer where if you go to blueblocks.com, that's B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com, they will give you 15% off your purchase if you put in the code Gabby, G-A-B-B-Y. So you can either go there by going to blueblocks.com slash Gabby or just punching Gabby at checkout for your savings. And they will ship anywhere in the world for free. So it's blueblocks, B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com, punching Gabby for your savings, get that free shipping. And just go on the site and you'll see there's something for everybody. Whenever I learn something new as a friend or as a parent, I'm always quick to tell everyone. And that's why I'm excited to share with you a brand that I've learned about called Strike Club. It's a great name. And I have three daughters and we talk about skincare all the time. They've got a ton of products. But what about the boys? and their needs and what they want. Well, Strike Club was created by four moms, of course, when they were sort of noticing like, our girls have a ton of products, our poor boys, like, you know, if they're having breakouts or they wanna talk about it, they don't have anything made for them. And one of the moms is a pediatric dermatologist, so they created the Strike Club. It's effective, so they've got formulas that are approved and they've got ingredients that kill the bacteria that cause acne without dryness or irritation, it's safe. So as a mom, or maybe you want to give it to a nephew or grandson, um, you can do it with confidence because there's no parabens or sulfates. Um, they've even been verified by the Environmental Working Group. Easy to use. We're not going to get any guys to use skincare if we make it too complicated and just keep their grooming routine very easy, unfussy, discreet. And the packaging, like it's even considered that. It's low profile, not a ton of perfumey scents. Uh, it makes all of it just manageable. So it's effective and safe, easy to use. And quite frankly, it's just probably less embarrassing for them. So if you want to, they are giving you a wonderful offer. They do sell it at Target stores and Target online. But if you go to strikeclub.com, S-T-R-Y-K-E-C-L-U-B.com, remember the Y, strikeclub.com. And if you enter the code Gabby at checkout, G-A-B-B-Y, you will get 15% off your purchase. So remember, that's strikeclub.com. And if you put in the code Gabby, you get a 15% savings. It's exciting when we can use our purchasing dollars for something good. So we're not sacrificing, you know, getting something that we really want or need 
but we are also able to use our dollars towards supporting companies that are trying to do good. And Avocado Green Mattress is one of these companies. I've personally been sleeping on their Avocado Latex mattress. It's a very firm mattress. My husband loves it. It actually took me a couple of days to get used to it, but I've been on it for about over five weeks and I've been sleeping incredible. But let me tell you about this company. So they hand make eco-luxury organic certified mattresses and bedding in their California factory. They've got a ton of different SKUs, so whatever your need is. But more importantly, not only are their mattresses beautiful, and the one I'm sleeping on, for example, is made exclusively with natural organic materials, and it's entirely biodegradable. So Avocado Green Mattress is a certified B Corp. If you know anything about it, that is actually really hard to do way harder than making mattresses. Um, it means that they're climate neutral certified. So they have a net zero carbon emissions. So all the way from the farms that they co-own in India to their California factory, to your home. That means that they make a net zero carbon emissions. So if you are in the need of a new mattress, you should go to avocadogreenmattress.com That's avocadogreenmattress.com They've got a ton of gorgeous mattresses, bedding, other products, but if you're interested in the one I'm sleeping on, they've got a great offer for you today. The Avocado Latex Mattress, you just punch in Gabby Reese at checkout and they will give you $200 off your purchase. So this is a way that we can do something. Avocado is saying, hey, we're better for you, for your sleep, but we're also better for the planet. So head over to avocadogreenmattress.com. You know, it's hard as a female because I think especially if you add children, it'll be interesting to see you with Chelsea, what she's experiencing in these transitions now that you have a daughter. You always are feeling like you're falling short, you know, like you just, it's just, I don't know what it is. And um, it, it, I think it's probably biologically built in to keep us on our toes and to do a good job and to show up. But I feel like it somehow shifts in, in other ways. Maybe we live a more complicated life. And so it gives us this window where before it's like, Hey, we kept them alive. That was pretty good. Now we're thinking about their emotional well-being, their, um, you know, mental and intellectual development and all these things that are really hard and sort of our responsibility and not both, right? Like they have a path and that's their path, but I think it is an interesting thing. Now I, this might be a hard question to answer, but let's say someone came to you as a patient years ago and, and they had this, one of these things and, and you, you maybe will go, well, I, I need to kind of try to see if I can at, dig down in here a little bit to yeah. see what this person, and I find that we, I find it interesting that worry and fear impact different parts of the system. I do find that interesting, right? Because one, you think they're so linked, but they're different, right? Yeah. So, but wor worry, so, so here's the thing. It's this direct relationship. Worry affects the upper digestive system, but indirectly, if that gets weak enough, then all of a sudden it actually really starts impacting the thyroid and the adrenals too, because those, the adrenals and thyroid are very linked hormonally. But, but that's what I mentioned earlier too. Like there's, there's these relationships. This will then cause this if it gets bad enough. Yeah. Is, yeah. And so I'm, I guess what I'm asking, because maybe yeah. someone listening to this and think, because we all know our thing, like I probably, I'm not a worrier, but I probably grew up with fear and always like, uh, and I, and I've always, every time I go to acupuncturist, they go, oh, your kidneys. I go, yeah, yeah. I know all about that. Thank you. Um, and I always to think I could be, I would have been a much better competitor if I didn't have that delay maybe, but you know, it's something that you work on, but if someone's hearing this and they kind of go, you know what, I, I, maybe I'm carrying around anger or I have unresolved things or 
whatever. Um, you know, it's hard to say, okay, well, let's take a look, look at this. And then how do we start to work on some of these things that will also support our health? Yeah. But how would we, how could we say to somebody who maybe is mal hearing this and going, yeah, you know, I, I, I deal with this. Where would we give them a starting point to un- yep. kind of pull that thread a little bit? Yeah. So, so here's what I would say is one is identify, okay. Identify what you're feeling. And so, and these are steps that I have, I have a, a good friend of mine, her name is Dr. Caroline Leaf. Uh, she's from South, uh, South Africa, and she's got a great book on this. But um, anyways, number one is you identify. So with my mom, we could identify it was fear and worry. We really recognize that. Number two, what is that opposite emotion that's more healing in nature? You know, the Bible talks about faith, hope, and love, or, you know, other people have different, but what's the opposite of fear is faith and hope, okay? So how do you build out faith and hope? Well, one, what is your faith and hope in? For my mom, I mentioned this earlier, for her, it was in God and knowing, you know, he was her healer. And then also, how do you also build your faith? Other testimonies, who are other people who have conquered this condition, overcome it? And you start reading up on those people. It's inspiring and it helps, it helps you build your faith um, and having hope in the future. And then if you're a worrier, again, I think you look at, okay, what can I control? You do practical exercises to figure those things out. Now, on a deeper level, I will say this, if somebody has... Um, some of these issues we were talking about, some of it is, you know, it's an identity. What identity is, identity is what do you get your value from and your security in? Those two things is what identity covers. And so what, what's your value? What's your, where do you get your self-worth? For me, and again, not to get religious, I'm just sharing myself. For myself, it's like, I'm a child of God. And so for me, what does that mean? Like, I know since I'm a child of God, like, like right now, my daughter Arwen, I love her more than anything in the world. It's like, my, my, my goal for her is like, I don't want Arwen to, like, I'm most pleased when I see her having fun. Like, I love her and joyful having fun. When she gets older, I want to see her, hey, whatever she's gifted at, I want to see her be great at that. I want to see her like not burn out. I want to see her in a deep connection in, in the future, you know, getting married with her husband and her having kids and them enjoying life together and her being successful in what she does, but not getting burnt out. Like we've got a God who loves us unconditionally and who sees us as kids and who wants to have a relationship. A lot of people choose not to uh, because we think everything has to be done with our reasoning, with our minds, rather than understanding. We live in a world that's very spiritual, but all that being said, for me, like I've got a really, what I believe strong identity. And so does my wife, Chelsea, because we know like, Hey, just like we love Arwen and we just want to see her happy and playful and whatever. Like I know like if I'm burnout and I'm being mean to people and I'm trying to work 80 hours a week, like my dad, God isn't like, he, he's not happy with that. That's not success. Like my definition of success is loving God, loving people, which means just building deep relationships where I'm loving those people well. And then it's, making earth more like heaven, like making earth a better place. So like my entire life, my definition of success is love God, love people, make earth a better place. So like, as long as I'm doing those things, like I'm going to have self-value and self-esteem, but a lot of people's definition is based off of society. Like if society tells you, you should look a certain way, if society tells you in media that you should have a certain political view and do a certain thing, like then 
but the, the problem is the world is ever changing. You know what I'm saying? So it's like your identity could be good one day, it's bad another, and then you're trying to live up to what the world tells you to be. And so the only, only reason I get, got into all that, Gabby, is, is that if people have that identity and set themselves up like that, they're never going to be healthy. They're setting themselves up to fail versus, anyway, so I, I don't want to go into much more because I know you probably have other questions, but I just think it's important to think about. Yeah, I think it's important if somebody is faced with now they have a health situation, you know, that they, there's also besides, because it's scary, you're upside down, you don't have the first steps, is also some kind of tools to say, well, what are the small and big things I can be doing to support my healing? And so when I say identifying that, so I think that's just, now forgive me, what was the name of the, the woman from South Africa's, Africa's book? Do you remember? Oh uh, yeah, Ca- uh, Caroline Leaf. And I think it's, it is a switch on your brain. Okay, so for someone, maybe that's just a, a great starting point. So, um, all right, getting back to the immune. Uh, yep. So we have zinc. Yeah so, so, yeah, so zinc. And by the way, the ancient foods that are highest in zinc are like animal organs like liver, you know, are really high. Uh, seeds like pumpkin seeds are very high. But yeah, zinc is critical. Zinc, I think of all the immune booster, of all the supplements you could take that's a nutrient, I think yeah. zinc is the most important, followed by vitamin D and then vitamin C. But those three, hands down, are the most important. And then, I mean, even others, selenium, vitamin A can be important. I mean, all, all of them are, are important. Mm-hmm. And then you talk about elderberry. Yeah, yeah. So, so I would say if there's three nutrients and three herbals, yeah. um, the three herbals would be elderberry, echinacea, and astragalus. Right. Those were the three used. And by the way, not, not to, you know, no, but I, myself a plug here, but I actually have a new book that came out. It's called Ancient Remedies. Yes. And so like in the book, like I really go deep. It's really a book on finding the root cause of how to heal everything from hypothyroidism to, you know, how to treat cancer and all these things that I go through. Here are the top foods, the top supplements, eating plans with, with all those things. Right. So I just want to, give people a taste of that because I think it's really important to know that like someone like you has organized this in a way to make it comprehensive. And that's what I really appreciated. I also um, just want to touch upon this soil-based probiotics because this was very interesting and important. And then, you know, I want to get back into that. But lastly, you even talk about, of course, sunshine and and exercise, but maybe just touch upon the uh, soil-based probiotics. I mean, we've covered about the importance of the gut, but... Yeah. So the two most critical things for gut health outside of, you know, lowering worry and stress, number one is you need collagen because it's what makes up your, your gut. So bone broth, okay, or a collagen supplement, you need that. And, and that's kind of like your, it's your building blocks. That becomes your fortress, right? Well, if we're going to use like a, another analogy of your sort of warriors that protect your gut and that also are responsible for absorbing nutrients and all kinds of things, that's those probiotics. There are two types. Now there are, when I say this, there are actually probably trillions of types of probiotics, but there are two main types. There are food-based that you get through fermentation so like you're turning cabbage into sauerkraut or milk into yogurt, right? So those are food-based probiotics. But you also have soil-based probiotics. And our ancient ancestors got a lot of soil probiotics because when you plant a, you know, a plant, a plant in the soil, so you have carrots or beets or lettuce, and you pull those carrots out of the ground, there are these little, even after washing them, there's these little brown specks on there 
uh, on beets and carrots. And those are called soil-based organisms. And the name of one of the most popular ones is Bacillus subtilis, but it's a type of probiotic that actually is heat resistant, acid resistant, and basically, no matter what, it is making it through your entire system. When you're consuming food-based probiotics today, sometimes you're getting zero, like almost none actually make it to your colon, which is where all your probiotics live. So that's why like the probiotics that I personally consume, and when I'm going to buy probiotics or I send them to family members, I only use, and it's SBO, that stands for soil-based organism. They're the probiotics that I recommend because, hey, you can get some other, the food-based probiotics in your food. But soil-based probiotics, we do not go to our local farmer's market anymore very often. We don't you know, just grow food out in our garden. And because of it, like these probiotics are the strongest type of probiotics. They're the most powerful. And they also, they survive. Like, like they're the biggest thing we're missing today. And clinical studies have shown they help you better absorb your food and all kinds of things, clear out candida. So anyways, they're the best for that reason. Yeah, I thought it was important to bring those up. And this jumps over and again, um, you know, you have your ancient remedies book, you have your eat dirt, dirt book, and you've put out a ton of content, but maybe we could just, um, and it sort of brings me over to just talking a little bit about hormone health, because I think of all these systems, have, they've gotten so out of whack that now you have, because we're eating besides the deficiency. Now we're, we've got all this kind of interference that is also impacting, you know, our hormone health. And I, I think it can be really, it's so complex and it's also really frustrating for people. Yeah. So hormonal health. And I, I'll tell you when I, when I first opened my practice and by the way, I don't have a practice anymore. I think there, I know some good doctors you can meet virtually. My brother is a functional med doc. His name is Dr. Jordan He's in Tampa, Florida. I got another guy, Dr. Chris Motley, who's great. So anyways, I just want to let everybody know I don't operate a full-time practice anymore. Um, if you want to get my recommendations again, they're in the book, your ancient remedies. But as we are, uh, you know, as, as we're talking about hormonal health here, here are some things everybody should think about. One, knowing your emotions affect your hormones, as we talked about. So really focus on fostering those positive hormone, uh, those positive emotions. That's going to help tremendously. Number two, you want to consume a diet that's rich in vegetables, healthy fats, and wild organic meat. Okay, and so bone broth wild-caught fish, grass-fed beef. That's part of it. Loads of green leafy vegetables are going to be very good for hormones. And then um, even doing certain things like pumpkin and butternut squash, some of those orange, orange vegetables are going to be good. And then the healthy fats, olives, avocado, coconut. Those are the power three that I would really focus on as you're getting those fats. And then here are the ancient herbs that really support different types of hormonal health. Let's start with the thyroid. Thyroid in ancient Chinese medicine was known as a qi and yang deficiency. It was a deficiency of the kidneys slash adrenals. And then also your um, yang, which is essentially your ability to regenerate. So, so the best herb for that by far is ashwagandha. Okay, ashwagandha helps treat the root cause there. It is amazing. So if you have thyroid issues, ashwagandha number two, uh, or num number one, number two is actually going to be astragalus. If you have both digestive issues and thyroid, astragalus helps indirectly boost that thyroid health. So again, ashwagandha number one, uh, astragalus number two. And then I think also doing some soil-based probiotics, B-complex vitamins, those sort of things are important for thyroid. 
Let me talk about uh, PCOS. Okay, that's another common one. A lot of women, and and that is really also going to be with fertility. PCOS, fertility issues. You've got to be very conscious of those carbohydrates. Very conscious. If you're going to do some, do a little bit. Do berries. Do a little bit of sprouted grain rice that you may that you cook a long time. But those are the best carbs for thyroid for for fertility. Actually, for hormones general, it's going to be berries and a little bit of rice. You talked about having a lot of success actually dealing with that with people who ate in sort of intelligent keto diets. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And I would say for a period of time, but, but yeah, here's not the thing always to be in ketosis, yeah. but using that yes. as a tool to, to work with um, the PCOS, you found that there was some success there. A hundred percent because PCOS is an insulin issue. And if you're eating sugar, too many carbohydrates, it's causing insulin imbalance. And that's why when we're talking about those conditions, number one herb to support PCOS and fertility is actually cinnamon. Okay. Cinnamon helps balance blood sugar. Uh, after cinnamon, I would say also doing things like uh, fenugreek can be very good. It's another good one, for instance. So cinnamon and fenugreek. And then I would also do something like Vitex probably as it uh, is also going to be good. Um, if you are over the age of 40, post-menopause, okay, what is, um, that? The what is that, Dr. Us? <laughs> yeah, I know. So here's what I would say the best herb is going to be black cohosh, okay? <laughs> black cohosh is really a good herb to balance that progesterone estrogen balance. And if you feel like, hey, you're, you know, you're, you're going through menopause and post-menopause and you just feel off, <laughs> black cohosh can help. It's it was the herb day. used to kind of, yeah. I, you feel off because you've been with your family for like 15, 20 years. <laughs> you know what? There are a lot of things, I'm sure that being one of them. So black cohosh. Okay. And then I think ashwagandha is good for, for those women too. Here's another big one for all, for women with PMS symptoms or for anemia and it's Don Kwai. Okay. Don Kwai is also known as female ginseng. And listen, if you have heavy periods, if you have, and listen, this is for women, both young and old. If you're a woman too, and you feel like my energy's low, my energy just feels off. Don Kwai is great. In fact, low energy as a woman, Don Kwai and ashwagandha. Those are the two that are probably going to reap the biggest benefits. Is, is um, And I hope this isn't too personal, but is uh, Chelsea nursing at the moment? Uh, she is, oh, listen, we're, we're open books. Well, she is nursing. I, I, you know, do you, are, did you boost anything for her to support her yeah. system because, while she's nursing? We did. So let me say this. So around pregnancy, right after Chelsea gave birth to Arwen, our daughter, we had her do um, Don Kwai to build her blood back up and had her take a liver supplement and do a placenta and do her placenta. So those are the things we all did to build her blood. And now uh, for her, she's doing fenugreek and fennel. Okay. She just does lactation cookies she makes with almond butter and some other things, but fenugreek and fennel are, and, and, and fenugreek is good for a lot of things. It's really a powerful herb. It's good for blood sugar too. But yes, fenugreek and fennel, oatmeal, fenugreek, fennel, oatmeal cookies right. um, is what she's, she's using. And it really, and she, she tells, can notice a big difference. Now, and, and it's really important if someone is nursing, like sleep and hydration impact the amount of milk you can make. So just reminding people, it's, it's oxymoron. You have a new baby and everyone's like, get to sleep, but it's just part of like, and my kids were not great sleepers. So um, I don't know if Arwen is a good sleeper and if she is, congratulations. Well, so we've had periods. Let me tell you this though. We lived in a house before we just moved into a new house oh, you, after you, she was you, three months old. Post nesting. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. So the house was supposed to be done before you know how that goes. It wasn't. Um, but we noticed a significant difference. When we started, we moved into a new house that had a ton of windows. 
we started bringing Arwen, our daughter, out on a walk first thing in the morning for about 30 minutes. And her getting direct sunlight and being out in the sunlight more, what a huge difference for her sleep. I mean, and not to say it's perfect now, but again, noticeable improvement. So we've really found that's huge. That's the production of your melatonin too, right? Like, isn't that all connected to your retina and all of that? A hundred percent. And so it's that balance of melatonin and cortisol. So right when you get out in the sun, that first thing in the morning, as soon as you can, it starts, that's when it starts. Because sometimes your body's like, oh, well, it's not really that late in the day yet. So it actually throws your whole cycle off if, if you don't see the sun for, um, you know, till, till later. Yeah. So I know everyone listening knows this, but before you look at your phone, get outside and look at the sun in the morning. That's right. Um, because it'll set you up for a better sleep success later. Um, and whatever millions of emails or texts, they're, they're going to be there. Even if you just look at the sun for two minutes, you know, yep. just, it's okay. Um, okay. So not to forget, you know, the, the men. Let's talk about supporting our men. What what can what can they be taking? And and you know, obviously, men at different times, it's like okay, testosterone, sperm count, all these things that they're interested at different times. Maybe you could just sort of touch on that. So, so men, and let me just say this: women are actually tend to be more complex, and part of it is because there there's so many. <laughs> it's just. I'm just, this is from a physician, not a husband, but like as a physician perspective. Who has a daughter? Just you wait. (laughs) There is a lot more hormonal ups and downs. I mean, it's just more complex and it's much more, there's more movement there. So so men, it's more simple. Two issues tend to be with men, especially as they start getting over 40. And that is a qi deficiency in Chinese medicine and a yang deficiency where women get hypothyroidism with that. Men get low testosterone and erectile dysfunction and those sort of issues. So the the best things for that for men, being outdoors. I mean, men need to be outdoors doing things outdoors, whether it's shooting a basketball, surfing, hunting. I don't care what you want to do, but being outdoors is so huge, like in the woods, taking walks, those sort of things. So that is huge. The, The next best thing, then it's the diet I shared with you earlier. It's a lot of meat, healthy, wild, organic meat, and a lot of vegetables, okay? Keeping sugar low and then some of the healthy fats. And then in addition to that, the best herbs for men are, if they're younger, younger men, ashwagandha and fenugreek. Mm-hmm. Older men, and this is over 60, ginseng and fenugreek. Under the age of 60, men should not be doing ginseng. It's just too strong of an adaptogen. So if you're a younger male, ashwagandha, fenugreek, if you're older, ginseng, fenugreek. So, you know, he can say, honey, I, I'm going, I've got to go do man things because I'm trying to keep my chi up. I think it, I think it's, I live with somebody like that. I'm going, it, it, well, it feeds the, it does feed that up. You know, when you talk about chi, the power, the raw side, the problem is, is like, I, I, I'm always fascinated how we just want to completely ignore our biology instead of going, all right, I live in a modern day. I am going to be on my phone and computer, but how do I support my biology in order to try to navigate it? There's a great book I love. And I think, and, and again, in, in, uh, anyway, a great book I read years ago and Chelsea read the companion book for women, but it was, it's called, uh, a wild at heart. It's by a guy named John Eldridge. Eldridge. I read it when I was pregnant. He had three sons. Yes. Super religious guy. He couldn't figure out why his kids were turning everything into a weapon. They were faith-based. It's an incredible book and it explains a lot. I I read it because I thought I was going to have sons. 
Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so that book's great. And then the and then the female, which which Chelsea and I read both, like we read the book and then we read the the other, and there's a little overlap, but the other one's captivating for women. But I'd check those books out. Captivating and wild at heart. They're they're great. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go soon, but I I, I wanna ask you as a person who is very informed, interested, and practices health. Is there anything that keeps you up at night? whether it's about your, you know, your family or something, is there ever stuff where, you know, you have faith and you are doing all these good things, but that, you know, you're, you're still, you personally wrestle with? You know, I, um, so, so, so number one, because I have the faith that I have, I'm, I'm very, listen, my confidence is not in me whatsoever. My confidence is in, in, in my God and like in, in God. Like, so I just, I know I've got a father that loves me even more than I, like more perfectly than I love my, my daughter. And I love my daughter. I can't imagine loving her more. I love her so much. Like we were talking about just a side note. We just saw this video of, we have a couple King Charles Cavalier dogs. They're like these type yeah. of spaniels. Oh, bed warmers. And, yes, exactly. And we saw like an alligator go in and like, so this, this video where this alligator drug went in and this man goes in and literally takes the alligator out, pulls the dog and the dog is fine and healthy. We were talking about last night where, you know, Chelsea was just talking to Arwen and she's seven months old, but just saying like, you know, like she would do that for her. We would do that for her. Like we would wrestle alligators. We would give our lives for her, like all that. Like, I know I have a God who did that for me essentially and giving Jesus. And so for me, like, so, so I just want to share, like, for me, like I have that faith of knowing that I have a God that's forming us against me. And like, that just, for, for me, it gives me a sense of complete security and comfort and also complete confidence, not in myself, but in him. And because of that, like, I feel like I am able to live in just complete peace and confidence. And that being said, I know that the world we're, we're, we're living in today um, is full of people that don't share my moral values and principles. And so if there's something that wor- wor- worries me, the biggest thing is, is having, and I'm just being real blunt and honest here, is having the government and other people try and force us to do things that we don't feel is healthy. And so that's probably if, hey, you want to know one of the biggest things that would probably keep me up? It's the fact that looking at the way the government is going, where they feel like they get to tell me what I get to do with my own daughter's health. There are certain states today where, they, where they're trying to dictate, you no, know, your kids get to decide their health. Like a child doesn't know, well, what are you talking about? A child doesn't know what's best for their health. Like I, for my, I can tell you confidently for myself, like I know what's best for my daughter's health. And I, and I will sacrifice my own health for her. So that's the biggest thing that worries me. What if someone's listening and they feel maybe isolated or alone or they don't, you know, people are under it. It's, it is a stressful yeah. time. Um, maybe they're just not feeling good. Maybe they don't have a, a good, a big tribe around them of love and support. Let's say this is somebody who, when you were practicing, came in and saw you. What, you know, it's like, those are the people, because I think sometimes it's easy, like, the way you grew up, you were loved. I was lucky to fall into sports. How do we pull people into feeling better and feeling loved and supported or help them? You know, what would you say to somebody who maybe they're, they're, it's hard right now? Yeah. So I would say this is that, um, and by the way, I have this happen a lot, by the way, like I, I probably do a consultation every other week. It tends to be with a high profile, you know, person in terms of their, you know, recognition who reaches out and I'm, or my mom, <laughs> it was like, Hey, can you meet with, you know, your aunt, whatever. Yeah. So, you know, 
So anyways, like I, I do this constantly and I see this in a lot of people. And I had somebody recently who had that and it's actually a lot of people. And so I, here's, here's what I tell them. I say, okay, who are you surrounding yourself with? Do you have good people around you? And if the answer is no, I say, you know what? I think it's vitally important that you plug into... Because we, we were designed by God to be connected to each other. Like, like, I can tell you this. Like, I haven't had a time in my life where I'm like, oh, like my top 50 memories none of them were by myself. It was like, I had a shared experience with Chelsea. Like, you know, when our daughter was born, man, you know, what an incredible, supernatural, awesome experience. Like I went to my dad, you know, my dad and I go to a Ohio state football game every year. Cause we grew up in Ohio. We'd done that since a kid. Like we have this awesome shared experience. And so you're right in saying we need community. So my advice is you want to get around a community of people that does two things. They nourish you and they challenge you. And this, that's what leadership is. Like leadership and being around good people. It's people that are just loving and caring, but they also challenge you to grow. And so, you know, I think it's going to be different for everybody. And again, Gabby, like the answers I'm giving, I'm, prob- I'm probably the most, and I could be wrong on this. I'm probably been the most overtly or one of those overtly people mentioning spirituality and religion that you maybe have, that you have on. But I'm just sharing what I do and what I recommend to family and people that I know. And that is, I would recommend hey, go get involved in a local church in, in a part of a group of people that are you know, trying to grow closer to God, trying to, you know, those values should be serving people and loving people. I'm not saying they always do that, but they should. And so, so that's the whole thing is I would say, you've got to be proactive about pursuing relationships. Like I didn't sit around and wait for Chelsea for her to fall in my lap. It's like, I was looking for a wife. Like I was looking for a wife that loved God, that like had great character. Like I actually, I prayed a specific prayer for Chelsea. I said, God, and I prayed it every day for two years. I said, would you send me a wife who is mentally stimulating, who is physically breathtaking and spiritually on fire for you? And God sent me that, my wife, Chelsea. And I say that to say this, like, and you've seen this in your career. It's like, if you want something, you got to go get it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, you got to pursue it with all your heart. So I think, hey, if you're in that situation now and you just, you don't have that community or you feel like in a, you're in place in life, you're stuck. Hey, just go out and get it. Sometimes you get in uncomfortable situations. Sometimes things don't work out. But if you keep pursuing it, like you'll find it. And so anyways, that's, that's my best advice there. But Dr. Axe, you're also we have to be also it, right? We can't expect it all to yes. us, right? We have to be to it. So it's, it's a combination of, you know, I have, maybe I have to make some changes. I'm always making, I have to always make changes. I could always try to do it better. I could always love my family better or take better care of myself or, or anything. So I just, I guess what it is for me is, is reminding people that those, those gifts of health and love and all these things are for everybody. And that they all do take work. It just is the way it is, but not to shy away from that work, but to figure out also what work is the right one. And that's why I appreciate your book, your, you know, your books like Ancient Remedies or Eat Dirt, because these are organized thoughts to give people like, oh, well, I could experiment and try that and see if I can put it on and and it fits me and my lifestyle, whether you're vegetarian or, you know or keto or whatever you're doing. So um, I really appreciate your time today. And I want to direct people, uh, they can find you. You're the co-founder of Ancient Nutrition, which has a lot of those clean products that you talked about. You're on Instagram at Dr. Josh Axe. And you have a, tell me about your website. Yeah. So that's draxe.com. And that's got thousands of news articles. I'll mention this. A lot. Yeah. Thousands. So in it, and if you're struggling with a health issue or something like that, or you want to read up on 
what, how 5G affects your health, or you've got a thyroid problem and you want to learn about hypothyroidism, the best remedies, you can check it out there. And I do want to mention again in the book here, like I go, I, I'll just say this, like, this is the best book I've ever written, this Ancient Remedies book. And if you're wanting to, if you're struggling with any health problem and want to know how do I heal it, like I go through over 70 conditions in the book, 80 super healthy recipes. And my publisher too, I've written about seven or eight books. And she was like, this is one of the best health books, if not the best one I'd ever read. So anyways, I'm proud of it. I'm excited about it. And, um, but I think people would get a lot from it. Tell everybody about your podcast if they want to tune in every week. And by the way, yeah, I had everybody, I had Gabby here on my podcast and uh, it was fantastic. So yeah, my podcast is just the Dr. Axe show. Yeah. You can uh, check it out there too. XE. Well, listen, congratulations on your daughter. I can't wait to talk to you when she's a teenager (laughs) and, uh, and see how that's going. It's such an interesting uh, reverse classroom when we have uh, children. And you said the hormone system of the women is so much more complex. Well, you just get ready, buddy. (laughs) I will. I'll buckle up. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening. And if you'd like, rate, subscribe, and leave us a review. All of my music was graciously done by Frank Zumo and Tom Thacker. If you want to see some of the behind the scenes action, just follow me at Gabby Reese. And remember, don't miss new episodes every Monday. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.